Good morning, good morning. Happy Chinese New Year. It hasn't ended yet. I, I just realized I didn't bring any ang pao me, so sorry. Huh? I thought it ended already. Then I was reaching here and I was like, hey, it's still Chinese New Year. Alright, and also happy Valentine's Day Eve. And um, um, so good morning to all the husbands and wives over here. Uh, it's a friendly reminder. Tomorrow is the deadline. Huh? <laughs> Alright, uh, and uh, I need to let all the husbands also in the congregation know. Uh, I was having a chat with my wife the other day. And she told me something her, her colleague told her, you know, sometimes uh, us guys, uh, we think we're very smart. You know, so we tell our wives, you know, we don't need to celebrate Valentine's Day because every day is Valentine's Day to us, right? Yeah, it's not a very smart idea, okay? Because then every day, they buy flowers, every day, they take care of them out. So it's very important, take some time out. I know not there's a pandemic at the moment, so maybe you might not all get to do it tomorrow, but, you know, just take time out, do something different. I really encourage this. Um, Date nights are very important and I, I think one thing the, the lockdown has really uh, deprived husband and wives of is you know, time off from, from kids just to go out and everything. But yes, I'd like to recommend this. Uh, I have a picture actually, I want to introduce my family. I was supposed to bring my family with me today. Uh, oh yeah, yes. So I was supposed to bring my family with me today but um, the boys are not very well and we're just not comfortable going out in this uh, pandemic and everything. Uh, so that's me uh, without glasses. Uh, just me, <laughs> right, just in case, you know, because if Superman can hide behind glasses, I so can do it, right? Then there's my wife, Rini. Uh, Rini and I have been married for uh, seven, eight years now, and uh, eight years this year. And uh, we, uh, we grew up in church together, in the same Sunday school together and everything. And those two are my sons. Uh, one is Matthias, who is turning five, whose ambition is to uh, have superpowers to run really fast. Uh, and then there's Oliver, who is younger, is turning two. And his ambition is to climb over everything in the house. <laughs> everything, alright? And he has climbed over half already. We're just trying to control him, you know, pace, pace his powers, alright? Um, so I was invited today to, to share a message on Valentine's Day. And, uh, and today, if you are taking notes, uh, according to statistics, people will take notes, go to heaven. So I hope you will take notes. It's a joke, huh? It's just a joke. Alright, just in case I don't want you all cornering me at the after service and then stoning me. Alright, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to preach a message on Valentine's Day and my title for today is Love in Action. Let's pray. Uh. Let's pray first. Father, just thank you for this morning. We thank you that your love for us is not just said, but it is seen and it is tangible, oh God. And Lord, we just thank you for the ultimate demonstration of love, the cross for us, for you and I. And Lord, we thank you. For all this, I ask that you help me, help me uh, preach and not uh, and figure out how to move my hands again because I don't know what to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Uh, the desire to love and to be loved is uh, is something we all share as human beings, no matter who you are, from from no matter what culture you come from, from the most heinous of people to the best of people, this is one thing we share in common and that is we desire to love and to be loved. It's almost like God has hardwired this into the, into the universe. This is the infrastructure of our universe and principle upon principle, God has put this into, uh, laid this in, onto the, when He created the world, love. And we live in a world that's absolutely um, consumed by the idea of love. I use the word idea of love because I don't think that the world understands what love is in, com in, in completion 
Alright, they have a glimpse of it. Let me show you, uh, tell you what the, the, the statistics like. 60% of all music are written for love. Of all music, you know. This includes the, the, the music, right, you know, that, that is, um, that they, they, classical music, all the way to music that we listen to today, to all the Korean songs that you don't understand but you still listen to. All music, 60%. It's love team. And if you look at the... I, I was looking at some data, right? It actually shows that um, there, you, nowadays it's less. So it used to be more. Alright? Before. So it's it, even like... Um, when I think when they first recorded this was like in the 50, 1950s and it starts to dip until today. So now you think there's a lot, right? But actually there used to be more. Alright? Uh, there is complete industries... Uh, built around romance, alright? Things like books, uh, TV shows, movies. Uh, there's, there's always a uh, love theme, right? And even if you watch the most action-packed drama, right? Like, or the most action-packed uh, show. Like just now, Pastor was sharing about he watched the, the war movies. They will have the names of their mom tattooed on them. Or you watch, nowadays you watch um, army shows, right? They always have a picture of their family, right? There's, there's always love put into some, these things that we consume. Why? Because it's something worth fighting for. Uh, if you watch Korean drama, very recently, uh, I, I started watching Korean dramas. You know, very recently, because of lockdown, right? After you watch everything on TV already, then no choice, alright? Now I have to read subtitles, alright? And then you realise that uh, in Korean dramas, it's even more special. Because uh, they have found a way to stop time. <laughs> the girl uh, will be falling down and in slow motion, right? and the guy is in different time. Relativity, he will move faster and he will catch the girl. Then all of a sudden, all the leaves will fall. Then you'll be like, wow! So, so they found a way to stop time in Korea. Alright? And we and and People who consume media, there's this thing called reality TV. How many you know what re reality TV is? It's they think, try to make uh, things that are real and put it on TV. And, they, and, and they, they have reality TV about finding love. Because in reality, right, love is very hard to find. So not only are we consuming these things, these things are consuming us, if you don't know. Especially for young people who, cons who consume media so ferociously. You just... Consume and consume and consume, right? And, and uh, sometimes we forget uh, or we don't notice that uh, how we, our, per our perception of things will start to warp, will start to change. Um, and for the most part, whenever you see love being portrayed in media, it is always um, very much defined by passion, very much defined by desire uh, or emotion. And for all those who are married in this room, uh, we all know that emotions is not enough. Right? Amen. Can I get an amen from all the husbands and wives in this place? Hey, uh, the, amen. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Uh, can I get amen for this? <laughs> amen. It's, it's not that it's not important at all. It is only the first step. Right? Emotions are important. Passion, these, are, these things are important. But if you only base your relationship on this, you'll be found one thing. It's not good enough. Not enough, right? 
It's like not, it's, it doesn't take you all the way, right? And here's the thing, you know, uh, uh, when, I, when I do weddings, right, I always tell them, you know, uh, for two to become one, right, it cannot just be emotions. It has to be your thoughts. And more importantly, it has to be your will. 551 times love is mentioned in the Bible. And one of the most descriptive ways it is defined is in 1 Corinthians 13. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can just turn to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 48. This is like the most read scripture at weddings. Alright? 1 Corinthians 13, 48. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. See, while the feeling of love is great, and we are definitely created to feel love, if you notice from that scripture, none of it is a feeling. The way God describes, the way He is defining love, none of it is a feeling. None are emotions. So clearly when God describes love, it isn't abstract. It's not something that you, that you can only see in your imagination. It is always something that is tangible. Something you can touch, something you can feel. Something you can hear. Very important. Huh? We, all, we, all live, we are Asians. Huh? We normally feel, we all know what is love. But very, very rarely do we hear love. See, my son knows he is loved because of my actions. Not only do I say I love him, I also demonstrate it. No, he can also see the love I have for my wife in the decisions that I make, in the word choices that I use from where I lay down what's rightfully mine. See, the words of 1 Corinthians uh, are not theological concepts. We can definitely study this portion of Scripture and if you want, really want to preach about love, it's definitely a very deep and rich subject. But in its essence, it is not deep theological concepts. Love is patient even when he leaves the laundry on the floor. Right? Love is kind, even when you're having a bad day. It does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices in the truth. You see, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, celebrate when someone else fails. But, but celebrates when we grow in truth. It always protects each other. Here's a, here's a kicker. Even from family members. It always trusts each other. Even when trust has been broken before. It always hopes for the best for one another. It always perseveres with each other. And it never fails. He never gives up. He never quits. When my wife and I, before we got married, um, we had a we had a heart to heart talk, you know. 
and one of the one of the, one of the, one of the deeper things that we talked about is that we'll never throw in a towel. We never throw. It's totally off the table. You see, nowadays uh, we live in a world uh, where it is on the table. No, it is still up for discussion. That's why fifty percent of marriages fail, even in church. 50%, that's the statistics. Inside the church and outside the church, the numbers are the same. Because giving up is still on the table. But when my wife and I, when we first, when we, before we got married, it was, it was a discussion, it was a point that we had that we cannot fail, we cannot give up. It is off the table. It's not something we can discuss. See, this, this 1 Corinthians 13 is not flowery emotions which, which all of us see on TV. It is not. It is love you can see. It is something that you can touch and you can feel. So I was, uh, I was at a wedding the other day. One of my, my youths was getting married and uh, my, my ex-colleague was doing the, the, the wedding sermon. And uh, it was so amazing because he, he said this word, no, uh, he said that love and inconvenience go hand in hand. There's no such thing as convenient love. Right? But I, I, and I want to say this because we, we live in a time huh, where everybody wants some sort of convenience. And that's why it's so difficult to be, have relationships. All the young people know this. It's really difficult to, have, uh, uh, to be in a relationship, to have a, to have a boyfriend and girlfriend. It's difficult, you know, super difficult in this day and age because we have grown accustomed to convenience. You want fast things and then faster some more. You know, uh, a long time ago, uh, when you start up your computer, you will take a good 10 minutes, you know, you start, then you'll start. Then, uh, I don't know how many of you know this, uh, there's this thing called SSDs. The young people understand this. It's called SSD. It's a type of drive. Huh? You're on your computer, under 10 seconds, you put in your password. When I first got that right, I was so amazed because I come from a generation uh, where you want to connect to the internet, you have to dial in. Alright? And when you dial the internet, uh, everybody else can use the telephone. And somebody call your house, uh, you get disconnected. You know, I come from that age. You know? So when the computer start up in less than 10 seconds, I was like, Wow. Technology, <laughs> right? uh, but we live in that age. Convenience, food, we want fast. Uh, uh, everything we want fast. We want as the and and it's almost like we want the path of least resistance all the time. This is not in my notes actually, but, but young people, you have to be very careful. The path of least resistance, right, is dangerous because nothing ever worth it, right, is ever built without without inconvenience, right. Everything you want to build to last, right? There has some sort of foundation being laid. There's hard work being put into it. Marriage is love and inconvenience with God. Because it's really inconvenient to get married. For those who are about to get married, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm just saying it out what you are thinking, alright? It's really inconvenient to get married. When I got married, right? I tell you, it's almost like God put the wedding there, right, to test our relationship, you know, <laughs> because that is the first place that uh, you see how difficult this can be, when you have to plan an event together, when you realise that you have to, because weddings are inconvenient, they are drastically inconvenient, 
Alright? As a, as a pastor, right, it's very easy because I, I just come to this place, I do a rehearsal and I'm done because I know that's the wedding. But actually, there's a lot more work to that. If I don't, if I don't disciple them before the marriage, I'm going to have to disciple them after the wedding. You get what I mean? Alright? There, there has to be some sort of work put in place. And for weddings, it's so inconvenient. I, I was just thinking about this because I wrote this part last time and I thought about it. Uh, at the very beginning of your marriage uh, is a wedding, right? And that wedding uh, is tough because nowadays, especially young people, uh, we, parents don't plan weddings anymore. Now, now we plan the wedding, right? So it is so inconvenient. There are so many people to please. You don't know. <laughs> your, your parents, you know, when, when I got uh, married, the, the wedding, right, to, to please both sides of the parents were not a problem because they're my parents, Right? But being a pastor, being a youth pastor also meant that I had to please all the youths, you know. Oh, that was tough. And then, you know, I, I'll get conversations with people who, who want to come. I'm like, but I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. Why you want to come to my wedding? <laughs> right? But they feel like they need to come. And I remember uh, some young people also feel like they need to come. I'm like, but I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. I, I really want people to, to come to my wedding who I, I really know. Lah. So I remember I had to set aside, right? place at the table, right, for, for people who just want to come. It's so inconvenient, no? I, I'm not complaining about it, actually. I, honestly, I'm not complaining about it. And of, when you plan a wedding, it's so much money. Man, it's so much money. And for a one-day event, I don't know about you, but I a bit, I'm a bit Chinese, right? I was like, wow, this thing, I spent so much money for one day, no way, I want to do that. I remember the first time my wife and I went to a florist. Oh my Lord. We walked in, right? We're like, oh, did we, we are very, I'm very smart. If it looks very fancy, I won't go inside the shop. All right? So this didn't look very fancy. So I went in, oh, how much does it cost? They put flowers, you know, on the side of the ah, uh, then do the arch and everything. Then you know what's the quote? 19k. I was like, uh, I want to vomit <laughs> 19k because I was like, that's the price of my whole wedding. And I want to put it all on flowers which will die in a couple hours. No, I'm not gonna do that, right? So we didn't do that, alright? But yeah, weddings are, are, are vastly inconvenient. <laughs> the marriage hasn't even started yet, and it's so inconvenient already. And you know, I my wife is watching right now and and um on stream, and I, I'm very sure, I'm very sure there's lots of inconveniences that we both have suffered and, and sacrificed over the years. It's, it's, it's just different. I, I, I remember when we first got married, right? So we rented a house, and the one of the first things in contention is do you want white lights or yellow lights? <laughs> white lights or yellow lights? So my wife's like, I like white lights. And I'm like, I want my house to have a hotel food. I want yellow lights, right? <laughs> and we had that discussion. Of course, of course, uh, for all the husbands and soon-to-be husbands, happy wife, happy life. Huh? So, so I gave in white lights. Nowadays, I prefer white lights also. I have grown to love the, the white colour hue in the house, right? But, but all of us will give and take, right? And, and I remember when she, my wife likes hard beds and I like soft, soft beds. So now we have heartbeats, lah. <laughs> a long time mentor of mine told me, you know, um, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But you want to go far, you go together. All these things uh, that love 
and, and all these inconveniences you put into love between husband and wife allows you to go the distance. This morning, we have to talk about the love of God. It's just now, um, we're up here and it's, you know, we, whatever we understand about love, it's a reflection of God's love for us. It's a reflection of it. This is the gospel of Jesus. Love, inconvenience. He inconvenienced himself. God, right, inconvenienced himself by giving the most precious thing for us. It's an inconvenience. I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't want to play God. I'm not God. Huh? But if I was God, I'm very sure I make a lot of mistakes. But if I was God, right, I will, if when the moment the, the, the fall happened, right, I can just hit restart. Hey, start over again. Huh? <laughs> start over again. Because now video games, you can do that. I lose already. I go back to the last save point, right? I can restart everything. But God didn't do that, no. The moment the fall happened, uh, immediately redemption happened already. The, the plan for redemption already started. Jesus demonstrated his love for us with vast inconvenience. Uh, if, if I were to preach on what happened on the cross, you would, and I'm sure you all have heard it countless times, it is, it is the, 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 the Greeks invented the crucifixion, the, the punishment of crucifixion, but the Romans perfected it. It, was, it is so painful, right? The, 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 it's the, the word excruciating comes from crucifixion. And when you are hung on the cross, it is not the nails that kills you. It is the choking. You are asphyxiated to death. That's why right before you die, they break your legs. They'll take a hammer so because the only thing holding you to breathe right is actually your, 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 the weight of your body is actually crushing you and your lungs and you're choking to death and, and when they break your legs you eventually choke to death a vast inconvenience Jesus showed his love for us in action he didn't just say he loved us he showed it to us by dying on the cross so that you and I can be joined in that love. What love? The, the love of 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read a portion of scripture. Um, can you turn to Ephesians 3, 17 to 19? I'll put this in just in case I want to preach longer. 1 Corinthians 3, 17 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is this love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We need to be rooted and established in this love. Rooted and established in it. And one of the key things to be rooted and established in it, uh, to grasp this thing, right, that the scriptures say, how do you grasp it, right? Um, together, with, uh, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to, to understand this, you have to do it in community. How do you, 
how many of you know, right? If you live by yourself, you don't have to be you don't have to practice patience. It's always when you have other people. Only in community do you have to practice love. Only in community do you have to be kind. Only in community do you need to 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 forgive one another, to love one another. Because if you by yourself, it's nothing you do. In order to grasp this thing, in order to grasp it, to understand the love of God, you have to do it in community. And this portion of scripture describes the love of God that is wide. It is timeless. It doesn't go out of fashion. It won't become unpopular and it doesn't come back in fashion again. It is love that encompasses everybody past, future, and today. It is long. It is endless. The love of God is anchored from eternity to an eternity. There is no beginning. There is no end. God doesn't just love you. He is love. There's no difference for what you have done that can separate you from the love that He has. Romans 8.38 says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fear for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, on the earth below indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're inseparate. We can't be separated from this love. It is high. It is limitless. You see, God's love is... is you see, when, when I love, right, we, before we had Matthias, we had a dog, Leia. And Leia has been going through a bit of neglect recently. Why? Because my love is finite. I have only 24 hours in a day. My love is finite. And sometimes I can love one son more than the other. Do you understand that? All the parents in here should understand, right? Pastor should understand, right? <laughs> right? It's like sometimes it's just, I love him more than you, right? <laughs> you are so naughty. I'm going to love your brother. All right? We, our love is finite. The love of God is infinite. He loves all of us at the same time, the infinite amount. And here's the thing, we think we can outgive God, but we cannot outgive God. And sometimes we have failed so badly, we think, surely, right? Surely God cannot love me anymore. And sure enough, God always shows to be faithful and full of grace. Time and time again, His love is limitless. And His love is deep, it is bottomless. There is a love without, is, is without a bottom. There's no beginning, there's no end to it, there's no roof to it, and there's no basement to this. There's no bottom to the love and the grace of God. Uh, this morning, uh, I come here uh, not only to share that God, God's love for, for that, that we need to demonstrate in, in a relationship between husbands and wives and you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. But first of all, we have to first remember that God loves us. It is from that, when we are rooted and established in that love, then we can share that love. 
First uh, John four seven to ten says, "Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but." He loved us and sent His Son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. This love God has for us that is so wide, so high, so, so long and so deep demands a response. It, it, you know, I, I mean, you, do, you don't have to go far. You can go back to the things that we talk about even in media, right? Can you imagine unreciprocated love? There's such tension, Right? There's such tension, even, even in your experience, just say you, you like someone and someone doesn't like you, there's such tension. There's something unresolved. Now God loves you. And for those who are watching, if you're not a Christian, you, 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 somebody just shared with you this link and you're just joining in for the first time and you... This, the, the fact of the matter is today is that God loves you. And He demonstrated His love for you. He didn't just say it, He did it. A price was paid for you and I. And it demands a response. Whether you accept, whether you reject, it demands a response. And for those who are here, if you're, you've been a Christian for many years, sometimes we forget that. Right? Just like in, in our marriage, right? Sometimes we forget. We get, we get distracted by the everyday things. And we think that is romance, right? We get distracted by these things. So sometimes it's very good to, to be reminded the love of God for us. How great and how wide it is. There is that, that, that we need to be in community to grasp. You see, God didn't, didn't allow inconvenience to deter His love for us. I think sometimes it's, it's almost like it's just the box from each other. It's, it's two things that, that they are seen. So like when we look at God's love and we look at the love that we have, we see how incredibly flawed uh, and mortal our love is and how great God's love is. And it's put side by side, you'll be like, Wow! There's something to, to be in awe of. It's, it's not something you have to look at it and like, oh, I'm horrible or anything. No, it's actually something to be in awe of, to look at God's love and like, wow, what great love for me. And please don't understand, it's, it's not like human love. No, like, like Human love, right? You, you, sometimes, uh, not, all, uh, not all families are like this, but sometimes, especially in an Asian household, right? It's always like you do something, then you get love. You don't do something, you don't get love, right? I'm not saying this, uh, that, that this is the case for you. I'm just saying that sometimes we have that tendency to use love as a reward. But God's love is not like that. He first loved us. He first loved you. And for those who are sitting here, you might think that I'm not enough for this love. And Pastor Stephen said, just now, sometimes we think we need to fix ourselves before we go to God. But it's untrue. The other day, I was in a small group meeting and one of the church, one of the members said, uh, 
we, I think we were talking about grace and, and she asked, you know, I, I like to party. I like to party. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I like to party. I like to go out drinking. I like to do this. I like to do that. Does God love me? I said, yeah. I don't even think twice about it. It's yes. What makes you think what you have done can separate you from the love of God? And, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen said something just now, right? He mentioned this, right? He said, uh, your failures this week. He, just, he put a, a measurement on it, something finite, which is time. See, God's love for us, right, is timeless, you know, and, and it's for us, right, you're like, oh, I'm going to sin six days and on Sunday, I'm going to get God's love. But God doesn't see it that way. Yeah, God loves you. Church, this morning, I hope I, I, I can remind you uh, that, that God's love for you is not just candlelight dinners. It's not um, uh, going out to the movies. It's not a day. It's not a, an event. He has committed Himself to you. Remember I told you, it's not just desire. It's not just emotions. It is thoughts. It is will. It is choice. So uh, this morning, uh, as I'm closing, I'm just going to ask us all to just maybe close our eyes for a moment. Father, thank you for showing your love in action. Thank you for giving us love that is so inconvenient, yet so lavish, so rich for me. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I repent and I will change. I will turn from my old life. I welcome you into my heart, Jesus. I welcome you into my life as my Lord, as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time that we are reminded that your love is so rich, so dense, so amazing, so wonderful that we can partake of this love. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice, the, the, the love in action that is Jesus on the cross. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are saved. Not by our works, but it is a gift from you. Father, this morning, we ask that we, uh, all of us as a church, respond to this love in all the things that we do in life, whether at work, whether at home, as, as husband and wife, uh, uh, in our relationships with our family. In all this, Lord, we ask that we are uh, not just partakers of this love, but dispensers of this love. Lord, I ask that we be a reflection of your great love. Father, this morning, I just ask that you bless uh, every couple, uh, every husband and wife that is celebrating Valentine's tomorrow. And Lord, we don't take our relationship for granted, but Lord, I ask that you bless, oh God. For truly, uh, our relation, uh, you, you are at the center of our relationships and we know that it is together with you that we can go far. Together with you that we can have a strong relationship. Lord, we ask this 
knowing that our lives are all dependent on you, Lord, we, we surrender to you. We surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.